Also, like, why is, like, you think that they care? Like, they don't care. Like, if they have to wash their hands, like, right, they'll wash their hands. Like, it's not a yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the amount of lengths that men go to to get laid. Like, <laughs> washing your hands is, like, the smallest one. Welcome back to another episode of Hello and Goodbye. I'm Leanna. I'm Jared. And that was the most traditional intro we've had was, in a long time. That was smooth like butter. Well, guys, we have a very special guest on the show. Her name is Hannah Matluck, and she is the host of the V-Hive podcast. Um, and I don't want to talk too much about it because her story is so amazing and it's something that I personally can relate to. And Jared, I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember it was like maybe two years ago, I I picked you up at the airport. Yeah. And I took you to Eureka Burger and we sat down because I felt like I really needed to share something that was like yes, on my heart. Yes, I do remember that. Yes. And it had to do with this. Yep. And... um. So anyway, I, I just think it's interesting, you know, that Jared, you have kind of like, without really knowing you were a part of it, you were kind of a part of it. And then it's just been, you know, pelvic pain and infections. You guys have known I've talked about infections and we had Natasha Semigo from VFresh on the podcast as well. Um, but it's just something that women deal with that is not talked about a lot. And it's crazy. And you just feel really alone in it. And so just the fact that we found Hannah, that she has this podcast that talks about something that can really like make women feel comforted um, is amazing. And that she's so open about her own struggles and she's so knowledgeable about mm -hmm. like um, what can be done. And it's just, yeah, I just, I loved this conversation so much. Yeah, I will say I learned a lot of things that I did not know before. <laughs> <laughs> and Jared and I were both invited to come on her podcast. I, I know those are, those are so sweet of her. Yeah, so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go on her podcast in uh, March. I'm not sure when it will air, but mm -hmm. she Hannah Hannah said that you can come, Jared. Well, it's interesting because the thing since you I I had like not remembered that dinner that we had together. And now that you bring it up, I mean, something that I think is so profound about this episode and Hannah's podcast and her work and her story um, is like in that place, you were at a really like difficult, like low moment. And because you were dealing with some of these issues, like you had just, I, I what I remember most strongly from that is you had so much sort of fear and like you felt like you were broken and would a man ever like be okay with that? Or like, did you even like, would it work to even bring a man back into your life? Mm -hmm. Like with the physical stuff, like you were at a really sort of scared moment. And it's like, it's so profound to think like how, how intensely personal and and difficult some of these issues mm. are. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And and yeah. And I don't want to go into too much. But I know, I know. Yeah, the conversation speaks for itself. So um, you know, we're gonna 
keep the intro semi short. <laughs> yes. Wait, could I also just say like I think because I think that there's a unique this is a very unique unique issue for women. But I think for any person of any gender or gender identity um when when you're worried that something about you isn't healthy or or quote unquote normal or whatever and it has to do with like your genitals and reproduction and your sexual identity and life in some way that's so much more sort of shame provoking and and so much more like difficult and scary you know and like cuz cuz I've you know I've talked a little bit on the show of like there's times where I feel like that I'm like dysfunctional like sexually and like being scared of that and scared of telling people that, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's a cool episode. Everyone should listen. Um, even if, like me, you know nothing about this topic, you don't have like a personal experience or connection to it, it's still really fascinating and beautiful to hear kind of Hannah's story and to see you and Hannah kind of vibing and, and understanding each other. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that input. <laughs> so if You're you welcome. are if you are a new listener because you follow Hannah, welcome. Um, and you know, I wanted to talk about one of our sponsors, which I think goes along really well with this topic, which is VFresh. You guys have heard us talk about them a lot. They are the OG sponsor. Um, but basically it's a company that provides products to help women maintain vaginal health in a natural and organic way. So their V cleanse is a boric acid suppository um, that helps treats and prevent BV and yeast. Um, and then the tract is a supplement that you take to help UTIs and to keep um, urinary tract function healthy as well. And then there is a wash V gentle, which helps with vaginal pH. So anyway, I use these products. I swear by these products. Um, I love Natasha. Again, she's the founder of VFresh and she's just so knowledgeable and she had her own history of like chronic infections and that's why she created these products. So if you guys want 10% off your first order, you're going to go to www.vfresh.com, um, V is V-E-E and use code HELLO2021 to get 10% off your first order. So since you can only use the code once, just like stock up. Like get double of everything. Um, and they're V gentle, their wash sells out really fast. So make sure you get that in as well. And again, just go to www.vfresh.com and use code hello2021 at checkout. Awesome. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to bring up is the program that Dr. Morgan offers for women um, who have a specific type of attachment style that they want to move from either anxious or avoidant to secure. So if you're not quite sure what I'm talking about, I did a coaching program over the summer that was eight weeks long, and it is only for women, and it helps women become secure not only with themselves, but helps them show up to relationships secure and attract healthy relationships. And in doing that program, Dr. Morgan and I became close, and then she came on our show. I think she's on episode 35, um, 
and episode 15. Mm -hmm. And then I went on her podcast. Anyway, she's absolutely amazing. And she contacted me in November and offered me this job. So I am now the program ambassador for her ESL program. ESL is Empowered, Secured, and Loved. So essentially, um, it's an eight-week program. You get one-on-one coaching. You get group, group coaching. You get online courses. You get lifetime access, a private face group Facebook group. It was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. And um, she's offering our listeners 10% off. So if you're interested in the program, I'm going to have you guys contact me. You're either going to send me an email info at hellongabypodcast.com or DM me through Instagram at hellongabypodcast and um, we can get you going. Yeah, it was a, a like absolute game changer for you, I know, in your dating and relationship life. So I think yes. a lot of people could benefit from it. Absolutely. Like, honestly, like I, I, well, you and I have talked about this too. Like, we feel like we're completely different people from the beginning of the year. But yeah. that, that experience for me was, was like the beginning of the, <sighs> I guess like it was the, like, like the biggest shift, kind the of. biggest shift. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm just so excited to be a part of it. And um, I like highly recommend it for and we have like, we have such amazing, intelligent, kind listeners. Like mm-hmm. I was just talking with one of our listeners through our DMs like, you guys are so smart. <laughs> You're so smart. You're so eloquent. If you go and read the reviews, like, they're so amazing mm-hmm. and um, I'm just like so proud of you guys. Yeah. I, I feel really grateful too. Yeah. yeah. You know, because like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're probably one of the reasons why we draw the more like, that's not true. Intellectual don't, don't, don't be self deprecating like that. No, I mean, I know I'm smart, but like my, my vision with the podcast was for it to be like, (laughs) (laughs) did you write that on your vision board somehow? Like try to write out that laugh. No, but like, you know, it obviously went into a, a more like self-improvement, uh, working on yourself, vulnerability, deep conversations and fun. You know, yes. which is which is ultimately where it needed to go. So I love yeah. it. So anyway, I love you guys. Um, don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And we appreciate every review. It helps our show get seen more. And yeah. Us, yeah. Tell a friend. Thanks for listening. All of that. Also, if we seem like kind of subdued. It's- I, I, I think you're struggling because it's like almost your bedtime, isn't it? You're doing great, though. Am I? Yeah. Okay. I feel okay. Like, go ahead. Well, the, I feel like I can't. Okay, we have this thing now where every time we record, I have to have tea, and I think maybe the tea makes me sleepy. Oh, maybe. Yeah. And I don't plus, know. you're you seem subdued. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I feel I feel great. I'm like enjoying recording. I'm like this is going great. I, I'm in a very positive. Frame oh, of mind okay. Right see, now. I can't see. We're recording remote. I can't read your energy remote. And I and I'm not lit, so I look like a crazy person. So, anyways, um, Leanna, you think, what you think we should start this all over? No, absolutely not. Um, what you could chop it up later. 
what is uh, what is new with you? What is happening in your life? Well, I watched about five minutes of the Super Bowl on nice. Sunday. Um, I was bummed I missed Amanda Gorman's poem at the mm. beginning of the Super Bowl. Yeah, that Bowl. was cool. Um, but I did see the weekend perform, which was okay. What are your thoughts? I don't know. I, I think that's a lot. I was, I was DMing with my friend Megan, uh, because she posted on her stories and I said, um, who's winning? <laughs> and it was like the game had already ended and she laughed. She was like the Buccaneers won or whatever. And, um, I was like, oh, okay. I just watched the halftime show. And then we kind of talked about it. And my thought is, it was just, that was a lot of work for one little man to be running around by himself for that whole time. Like, I just felt exhausted for him. Yeah, I I got the sense that I really liked him as a human being. Like, he's like, a, I'm like, oh, he seems like a nice, charming guy. Um, and clearly they put a lot of work into making it a good show, which is really freaking hard to do in a stadium like that. And especially like most Super Bowls, like you have like cheering fans swarming all around, which you can't do right now. Right. 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 Um, but I kind of feel like he's not like the most like electric performer. Cause that's not, a st- he's not like a Bruno Mars. Who's going to do no. like amazing dances, you know, whatever. And, um, and I like a lot of his songs, but I don't, I, and I, I might get shit for this. I'm not, I, cause I like the weekend. I just don't think he has like, like bangers. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, so, so like, what's the weekend song that's going to like rip the roof off of the place? Like, I, I yeah. just, I don't know. So it was just kind of like, eh, this is okay. I kept waiting for a different artist to come out. Ooh, yeah. You know, like I could see him doing a couple songs and then another artist coming out and taking over and then them coming together to collaborate. Well, I remember, didn't Adam Levine... Like he covered Purple Rain. So like Adam because like, you know, like Adam Levine when he did the Super Bowl was like, and I was thinking about that. I'm like, ooh, what if he did a cover of like another like really amazing song? Mm-hmm. You know, like someone else's song or whatever. Um, because that's been done in the Super Bowl before. But I, just, I don't know. It was pretty I good. just honestly think maybe he was chosen because of like TikTok. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> You know that I've been you know that I've been wanting to do the blinding lights TikTok dance with you, Leanna. <laughs> but I mean that is like it's like huge, you know? And like a lot of his songs were TikTok songs. I don't know. I maybe they were just trying to draw in like a, I think he's a good artist, you know? No, I but, like The Weeknd. I do. Yeah. I like his songs. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was fine. It wasn't like it wasn't epic. Yeah. I yeah. think he did great with what he was given. I don't think mm-hmm. he should have had the whole thing to himself. Yeah, and it's tough to beat J-Lo with Shakira from last year. 100%. It's, it's a hard act to that was That was fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I do have a recommendation for you guys. So my mom watched a movie called Penguin Bloom. Hmm. It is on Netflix. Sorry, I'm- to be clear... Have you watched this movie or are you just <laughs> recommending it on wait, behalf of wait, your mom? Didn't I say my mom and I watched a movie? I think you just said my mom watched a movie. I didn't say my mom and I. <laughs> I <don't think> so. <laughs> okay. My mom and I watched a movie. It's called Penguin Bloom. Um, so ironically, it's about a magpie. 
Um, but it's really, it's really, it's a beautiful story. It's a true story um, about a woman who experiences a an injury that changes her life, and this magpie comes in and becomes part of the family, and they name him Penguin, and the last the family's na- last name is Bloom, so the the magpie is called Penguin Bloom. Anyway, it's it's beautiful and. Um, there's parts that are sad and there's parts that are really happy. And I, I would, it's, it's definitely like heartwarming. Like it's not mm-hmm. going to be like, you're not going to sit there like, you know, cracking up or there's not a ton. There's not, I don't think there's any cussing very little. It's not like sex. There's no, it's like very like family oriented. Um, yeah. Just like a sweet movie. Like one of those, yeah. like a dog's purpose kind of movies. Or yeah. Whatever. But really yeah. well, really well filmed. And Naomi Watts is the main lead. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it was amazing. Oh, that sounds lovely. It sounds sort of my octopus teacher ass. Yes, it, it, it was. Is a, movie, is a docu- Well, so, but my octopus teacher is a documentary. It's on Netflix. Correct. I'm in, I'm obsessed with it. We've talked about it. We did talk times. about it on here. Yeah. That's true. That the porn name should be my octopusy teacher. Did we talk about said? that? I don't know. <laughs> you know that that was anyway. Uh, anyway, go. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. Penguin Blue. Highly yes. recommend. Okay. Um, and yeah, like for my life, I started officially working for Dr. Morgan this week, which has been amazing. I have been Get continuing it. doing my five minute a day gratitude journaling which I love. Um, And honestly, just kind of preparing for my surgery coming up. We've been recording a lot of podcasts and trying Mm -hmm. to get ahead of everything. And, um, and so I I think that's a lot of what's occupying my mind. I um, am still trying to move on from my breakup. It's been really hard. I had a lot of you reach out to me after last week's episode and I appreciate your support and kind of checking in on me. And, you know, I just, our goal is here is to just like be real and breakups are hard. And now you're like getting to see how I deal with them literally <laughs> every week, every step of the way. So I don't know. I don't think anything like super exciting happened this week. What about you? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it sounds like you're, like uh at a really good place of like yeah i'm still in it but that's okay you know like that's yeah, a good sort definitely, of state of grief to be at right yeah definitely last week's episode i was having a really hard time like holding it together yeah. um and this week i feel more um i'm a, i'm definitely becoming less attached to the breakup um and mm-hmm. you know like i still want to reach out and I still like, you just, you miss, it's like home, like you're missing home, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just really trying not to. Yeah. And um, yeah, I I know, I think I'll be ready to kind of date again and see what's out there in like a month or two. Like I need to mm-hmm. get through my surgery. I need to really get going on this new job and I need to finish some training hours and I'm, I'm trying to stay focused on those goals and like setting a lot of personal goals and trying to meet them and setting and saying affirmations and just trying to be a little bit more 
um, personal focus right now and less like relationship focus, which yes. I think will come with time. I'm, I, I'm not actively seeking it, which is new for me. Mm. I'm, I, um, I mean, my ex-boyfriend was really my first boyfriend in like a couple years. And in those couple years, I'm always like, okay, well, if I'm not on the dating apps, I should go to the bars and keep my eyes open. And whenever I'm out, I'm like looking, is he cute? You know? And right Mm. now I just, it's not in, I don't know. It's just, it's not anything that's important to me. No, I think that's cool though. I think that's like, I, I think that's always a good strategy is to like focus on and invest in yourself and like, and figure out like, what are the ways that when I'm not like filling my time with like good, healthy, productive things, like when I need to like, just relax and take care of myself, like, what does that look like too? like kind of like having plans for those two things, you know, and it sounds like you're doing that. Yeah. And I'm not going to like, who knows, maybe I'll download Bumble in like a week and a half or whatever, but it doesn't make sense for me to do any dating right now because I'm getting massive neck surgery and I don't want to get COVID before my surgery because then I can't Mm. get it, you know, other than the fact that I'd prefer not to get it period, but um, (laughs) surgery first, then COVID. (laughs) Yeah. Good call. Um, That's so interesting because I like was sort of pondering this week, like, what I was going to do to take care of myself if the person I'm dating broke up with me, which sort of almost happened. Uh, well, it was like, it almost like mutually happened, I guess. Yeah. Tell, t- talk to us about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for teeing that up. Um, uh, yeah. So I've been seeing someone for a couple months and what's really beautiful about it is that we both um, have stuff, you know, like, and we kind of connected over, you know, it's hard when you like, when you're dating, like sometimes it, you know, you're always like, "Eh, is this person really going to understand me? Like, you know, is there enough, like, like it, it can our connection be deep enough kind of thing. And so with the person I've been seeing now for a little while, like that stuff came very naturally and very like early. Um, But she is pretty fresh out of a pretty tough, bad relationship. And so when we hit bumps in the road, I think she has like a big reaction to that. Um, And so... We had like over the past week, we kind of had a uh, bump in the road. And at one point she was like, kind of like, I'm out. And Mm. I was like, okay. I was like, you know, I'm not going to convince you to date me or whatever. Um, And we, but we talked things. So we had this long conversation on the phone and like at the end of it, she was kind of like, I think I'm back in. And I was kind of like, I think I'm out. Um, mm. But like what was nice is like neither one of us, like I think we both felt strongly enough about each other and the potential for the relationship that neither one of us like like did anything hasty. You know, even when I was like, mm, I actually, you kind of convinced me that maybe, you know, we should just end things. But we sat with it, whatever. And then we spent some time this weekend and 
you know, ultimately I think we both were like, oh, there's something here. And the fact that it's like exposing all of these kind of scary parts of ourselves, you know, like that it's, it's exposing these like really vulnerable parts that make us like freak out a little bit, you know, and like we're both sort of doing that, but I think we're, we're managing it in healthy ways and like helping each other through it. I don't know. So anyway, we decided to, uh, you know, that we both want to, want to keep being in this and, and seeing if we can make it work. So that's kind of what's happening. Yeah. I think it's like a really good thing. It felt like a really good, mature decision, like from the heart kind of thing. Um, and we just have like a lot of fun together. It's yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's something to be said, like, you know, we talk about attachment theory on here all the time. Um, and, you know, anxious and avoidance are tend to be drawn to each other, anxious styles and avoidance styles or whatever. But it doesn't mean if they're drawn to each other, it doesn't necessarily mean it can't work. It's just both people have to be doing the work and have to be showing up and have to be present, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, um, and it is possible to move from a attachment style to a secure attachment style, if, especially if you're a partner that's trying to move towards security too. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's great that both of you are yeah. like working on that and aware of it. Well, and it's so interesting because, so she lent me this very early on. She, she lent me this book, the mastery of love by Don Miguel Ruiz. He's the guy who wrote the four agreements. Did you ever read that book? Um, that's a pretty four big like, book. It sounds yeah. super familiar. Yeah, um, like it. it's like be impeccable with your word is one of the four agreements. No, nope, def definitely did not read that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't give a shit about that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, this book is really all about like it really talks a lot about um, like when you're living from a place of fear, you're not like living from a place of love. And when you're like living from this place of fear, you're like, I need to find a partner who will like love me enough. And it's like, and spoiler alert, like it's never going to be enough. Like it's mm. sort of making the shift within yourself that like, you don't need anything. Like you're perfect just as you are and you are enough. And, and it's all about the love that you give. Like that's actually the gift. You don't need anything. Mm. Um, and so it was actually helpful because when we got together and like, we're talking things out this weekend, I'm like, it's all in this book that you gave me, like everything that we're doing. Because at one point, like I was like, I don't think she cares about me enough. And this is sort of like hurting me. Cause I'm actually invested in this, like blah, blah, blah. And like, that's when I was, you know, like kind of pulling back. Um, but I sort of recognize I'm like, well, that, that, that was like all fear. That was all like, well, do I want to open myself back up because it'll hurt more if I open myself back up and then, you know, something happens and we end up not being together or whatever. I'm like, if, if we end things now, it's going to suck, but I'll be okay. But like, I had all this fear of like to open back up, like how much it would hurt more later um, and I was like, well, that's not a good fucking reason to make a decision, you know? And I was like, what am I like? Okay. So take the fear out of it. 
And I was like, I don't know. I think there's something really good here. And so, Mm -hmm. and it also feels like important. Like we're helping each other. I think she helps me do really important work on myself and like helps me. um, Like she sees me in ways that are helpful for me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like she can like make fun of me for being like fucking crazy and neurotic and like, uh, control obsessed and whatever um in ways that are like beautiful and uh you know that like it helped it gives me really good perspective i'm like oh you're right i am silly like that um so that's anyway. great yeah i i really like that of the like being in fear of what's gonna happen if you really open yourself up again is like not a good it, you're not like if we all did that, like none of us would be in loving relationships. Yeah. Because there's always an aspect of fear going into anything. And I actually, that was something that I think was part of the ending of my last relationship is, you know, he and I had similar anxious avoidant things. And I was, I just, I didn't, I just wanted to go all in and make it work. And I think he just was like, had been so hurt and wasn't ready to like fully dive back in. And so that was Mm. like the one foot in one foot out thing. Um, And it, so then I felt like, like it just triggered all my stuff even more. Well, that hurts like a whole lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I, and I just wonder what, well, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to wonder what would have happened or whatever. But I yeah. just, you know, I I think I, what I'm saying is I think that's really important. I think anybody, if you're going to try something again, right, because every relationship is going to have hiccups and bumps. There's a lot of relationships that end and people get back together. Um, and if you're going to get back together, you better put your whole fucking heart into it or you're never mm-hmm. going to find out. Yeah. Well, and I'll gather so many things I want to say from that. Number one, um, uh, quick aside, the best thing to do at weddings is find older people that have been married for a long time and ask them like, Hey, so like, Mm. what's the secret? Right. Um, because you're at a wedding, everyone wants to talk about love, blah, blah. The best answer I ever heard was from this woman that I work with and her husband. And it was actually, he said it. He was like, the secret is you have to always like turn back towards each other. Because mm. stuff's going to happen, you're going to drift apart, you're going to be mad at each other, you're going to all these kinds of things, um, and it like turning back towards the other person is going to be the last thing you want to do. But you have to always remember to sort of do that, right? Like that's really what it is. You know, it's like okay, we're going to not make the choice to sort of turn away and like let this relationship die, but we're going to sort of turn back towards each other. I think that's really important. I think that what you said about, you know, when you were kind of going back all in, like, I will say that that is, that dynamic is probably like one of my most painful relationship experiences ever, which I had been with someone, the relationship was unhealthy for like a lot of reasons. And then we were not together, but still very much like kind of enmeshed in each other's lives where we were like seeing each other. And, uh, and I just decided I was like, my love 
is strong enough to sort of overcome all these obstacles and like make this work and whatever. And, and I sort of went all in and that was like not reciprocated. Mm -hmm. And that was like one of the more painful experiences of my life for sure. I was devastated for like a long time. Like I was like Mm. not okay for a long time. Um, But I look back on that today and I'm so grateful for it. Like somehow the, the thing that you've always been afraid of, like that you're like, Oh, I, I couldn't survive if this horrible, painful thing happened to me, whether that's like rejection of a particular sort or whatever. You're lucky if that thing happens to you. Because then you, it's it sets you free because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, my worst nightmare ever happened, right? Like, you know, like that someone like straight up told me like I'm unlovable or, or whatever it is, whatever that deep-seated thing is. When that happens, it's going to really fucking suck. And then you're going to be like, oh, I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Like I survived. And it just, I feel like so much more my heart is so much more open. Like, I, I don't know. I'm so, so grateful for that experience, even though it was devastating. Mm. This guy, we got way too deep. Weren't we trying to we keep got this really short? deep. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So congrats going all in and, and it's almost Valentine's day. I know. Do I? Oh, good question. Oh, this intro is so long. Go okay, quick. Go ahead. No, well, no, no. Ask so your question. We have we have a trip planned because my birthday is two weeks away. Yeah. And so I don't I we haven't even talked about it. She's not like super I don't okay, know. Okay, so here's what but you do. But you're first. saying I need to I need to do something. Well, oh, I think I know what I'm gonna do. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. You don't have to do something for Valentine's Day. It, it here's what I so I used to be like super like, I need a get. Um, but now I would just be, I would just want some nice flowers Mm -hmm. that were specifically like that. They knew I wanted those flowers and a letter, a handwritten letter. Oh, that's a great one. And then like make, make me dinner with some candles. Mm -hmm. Let's take a bath together, have some Mm -hmm. sexy time, you know, uh, (laughs) Dan Savage, by the way, a, a big a big thing uh, that that Dan Savage always says is like on these big like date holidays, he's like fuck first. He's like, oh, Don't, interesting. You go out and have this like big meal, and you're both going to eat a lot because you're mm. going to a really nice restaurant. You're going to be real full, and if you have alcohol, like that's a depressant. You're going to be tired, like yeah, you know, like that doesn't that usually inhibits sexual functioning. Yeah, more that's a alcohol. really good tip. Yeah. Plus, like, first. I'm exhausted by 9.30. Yeah. It's yeah. the best. Yeah. Hang out, be intimate, then go out and eat your faces totally. off and drink yes. all the drinks and whatever. By the way, one other note is Valentine's Day is our one-year anniversary. <gasps> uh, and and I, I was just going to say, you and me are going to be together on Valentine's Day. Oh, we are going to be together. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So we um, were getting some new photos done and um, – and then recording. we're going to be recording Jared's story part one. I was thinking about it today on my run that I, you know, I'm about to turn 40 and it'll oh be. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, and so like perfect timing. It's like an awesome thing. Yeah, Yeah. like I have like because now all of my friends like from high school and college that are my same age are all turning forty, and I've I've gotten like five messages from like my friends' wives who are being like, oh, like everyone's sending a video or whatever for all like the cute little things, and I'm like, oh, this will be my version of of that of like having some sort of oh, we love that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, February twenty fifth. February twenty fifth is Jared's birthday. So make sure to reach out to him on Instagram. Uh, Yeah. Okay. All right. That's it. Okay, good. We made it. (laughs) All right, you guys. Enjoy this fantastic interview. We'll see you at the end. Okay. So I'm really excited to bring in this next guest. She is a holistic health and wellness coach and the founder of The V-Hive, which is a podcast that focuses on women's intimate health. After suffering from various pelvic pain conditions for many years, she ultimately found the toolkit she needed to heal herself. She started the V-Hive as a way to spread awareness, education, and high-quality information from the field's top practitioners on a variety of topics ranging from chronic pain to hormonal health to love, relationships, intimacy, healing, and belong or and beyond. Please welcome Hannah. Is it Matluck? Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm so good at guessing last names. That was good. Yeah. Welcome, Hannah. Hi, Hannah. (laughs) Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, We are really excited to have you. And, you know, we were chatting a little bit before Mm -hmm. we recorded this episode. It's amazing that you're, can I share your age? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're like only 25. And it like I you feel I feel like you're so accomplished and like aware and you're spreading this information and you're being open and honest on your podcast and like it's so I love that. Thank like you. I wish I wish I was at that place when I was 25. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I I really appreciate it. Thank you. Sometimes I um I like for not like forget, but I feel like I mean, like we were talking about this, like you, both of us have goals of our podcast growing um, mm-hmm. to, into something really big. But I think that even when it's a small podcast, it still is making an impact on people. Absolutely. And it's easy to forget that. So, And I'm sure you probably feel similar sometimes, but sometimes you're like, you know, it's a lot of work and like both of us are just kind of trying to figure out how to make it really something that is successful but um I mean I've received a lot of messages from people and I'm sure you have too and I think that like after you read the message it feels good and then you forget and you're like oh my god this is a lot of work but um even the podcasts that are smaller are do really make an impact so I try and like absolutely remember that um absolutely and especially like a podcast like yours which brings awareness to an issue that I don't think is really talked about a lot. And, you know, I've had my own share of pelvic pain issues, um, chronic infections, chronic UTIs, and then issues that uh, came from that because of a traumatic situation. And I felt so alone going through that and just continuing to go to the OBGYN and they had no answers for me. That I was treated like I was the only one going through this. Like it was mm-hmm. crazy. So I just want to hear, like, can you share kind of your story? Yes. More than okay. happy to. Um, 
and I've gotten pretty good at like keeping it short because (laughs) everyone can go on to like ever about their whole story. Um, and it's all important, but I like to keep it short just so I'm not dragging, dragging it on forever. But basically, um, you mentioned I'm 25 now. So when I was in my, like maybe 19 or 20, I, um, okay. So basically like I had gotten UTIs before and yeast infections and whatnot, but always, you know, would just take an antibiotic or a diflucan, whatever it was, and everything would go away. And then I think when I was about 20, I had a boyfriend at the time and I was just getting like one infection after another. And I had a horrible, like itching and burning symptoms, thought, thought they were infections, was taking so many medications, going to so many doctors, the symptoms weren't going away. They were just getting worse and worse and worse. So this was like vaginal burning and itching and bladder urgency and frequency and whatever. Um, and so after going to so many doctors and I live in New York, I basically actually what's crazy is that at the time my grandma was alive and she had a condition called interstitial cystitis. I'm not sure if it, so. Uh, okay. See, it looks like you're familiar. Um, Go ahead and explain it for our listeners and for Jared. So basically, um, basically what it is, is it's a bladder condition um, compromised of like bladder urgency, frequency, pressure, pain. But the problem with the diagnosis is that it's really a lot of people receive the diagnosis and they don't actually have it. Like they could put a, the doc, like a urologist can put a camera in your bladder. And if they see lesions on your bladder, which means like, you know, you have like these ulcers on your bladder, pretty much you have like, well, you'll have pain, bladder pain and like a lot of bladder symptoms, but that's really not common. And a lot of women who just complain of urgency and frequency, like actually get diagnosed with IC, which isn't really what they have. And that obviously causes like stress and a lot of other issues. So anyways, it's a bladder condition though, and it is painful. And a lot of women do have it. Um, so my grandma actually had that for like 40 years of her life, but she was, she was like, fine. She, she had periods where she was really sick and periods where she was like totally great. She found like medications and different treatments that really worked for her. So she lived a great life, but anyways, she had some pelvic pain issues as well. And so after about six months of me not feeling well, she was like, you, she had a gynecologist in New York city that specialized in pelvic pain. And it's just so funny to me that like gynecologists are supposed to specialize in this part of the female body, yet they don't know how to treat and diagnose these more like complex issues. So I go to this doctor with my grandma actually, and my mom was like a whole team event. And basically she diagnosed me with this condition of vulvodynia and pelvic floor dysfunction and all of these names that I guess at the time, I think it made me feel better because I was like there, I know what I have a diagnosis now. There's things I can do to get better X, Y, and Z. Yeah, there was um, something comforting about like, oh, there's a name for this. Like, this exactly. exists. I'm not crazy kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Um, so fast forward, like maybe about a year, I ended up doing a bunch of different things such as pelvic floor physical therapy, which is physical therapy, which I could talk more about, but pelvic floor physical therapy, um, you know, I was I got put on antidepressants 
I never, I, I never have suffered from depression, but antidepressants are like, you know, the first line of treatment for chronic pain. So obviously I wasn't too thrilled about that, but I was so uncomfortable that I said, sure, like whatever, I'll take anything. I don't care. Um, and then I was doing like acupuncture and changing my diet and fixing my gut. Cause I had gut issues from so many antibiotics and it was a whole long journey, but long story short, um, I became very close with my pelvic floor physical therapists. They were, you know, in their thirties, but they felt like my age, like just young and cool and fun. And we just like talked. I I was there two hours a week. So twice a week, an hour each time. So every week for like months. So we became really close and I realized that there was no podcast on pelvic pain. So I said to them, I was like, this is crazy. This is, I was seeing my friends in the waiting room of the office. I was like, what? Like, I am so outspoken. I'm always talking about weird things. Like, how have I never heard of this? I was always interested in like women's health. Um, So basically with their help, I was like, should I just start a podcast? I don't know. Like, I don't know anything about it, but they were like, yeah, that would be great. Like there aren't that many podcasts. So that's kind of how the podcast started. I don't even think you asked that, but um, (laughs) I know it's great. That was like, that was part of the healing. And then, and then, um, yeah. So over time I got better and the physical therapy really helped in hindsight. Now I would say like last summer when I was actually like better like feeling much 90% better I and I had broken up with that boyfriend of course and I'm in a different relationship now but it was a really toxic toxic relationship just like lying cheating bad things Mm -hmm. and now I'm just like oh my god that I was so stressed and so anxious when all of these symptoms and issues came on like I didn't even think I was stressed at the time, but it took like four years later for me to actually be able to see in retrospect, like, oh my God, that was a hundred percent, like one of the biggest culprits of what I went through. Mm. And um, the reason I realized that was because I became really interested in like this mind body medicine work. And there's a bunch of therapists and doctors who specialize in this. And they really talk about how like fear is what really like causes chronic pain in a lot of people like Mm. prolonged fear and just like basically anxiety and stress and all of the like symptoms, all of the feelings that we have that we actually like don't necessarily like process can actually create pain. So there's a lot of work that I started doing around that this past year, which has been really interesting and really helpful, which we can talk more about. Um, But yeah, I just think it's so interesting now because like I was hardly even in therapy at the time. Like I wasn't doing anything to help with the emotional component of healing, which like now I'm like, this is the most important part. And I told you that I told you before that I'm going back to school to become a therapist because I feel so strongly about the fact that, that I mean, anyone with chronic pain, but especially women with pelvic pain, like there are treatments and there are ways, like there are doctors and there are people who deal with this, but I don't think that the like mental health part is addressed enough. And so that's really what I've like become super passionate about. No, I love all this so much. Um, you know, it's so crazy. So I know Jared, this isn't really like your forte. No, but I, yeah, sorry, Jared. <laughs> but I'm glad it's good for, you know what? It's so important though for men to learn this because it is so important. I have had to teach so many of my last p- few partners about all of the things that I'm going through. 
And it, it was all stuff that they had never dealt with before. Mm. Like yeah. never. And, yeah. and men need to know because they need to know what they can do on their end mm-hmm. to help us not continue in our pain and in the cycle. Yeah. And um, it, it's so crazy because I still deal with stuff today. And mm-hmm. and Hannah, you and I can talk about that when I go on your podcast. Oh, I want this to yeah. be about you. But um, I remember my OBGYN after like the 20th time that I was there for another BV infection. I'm burning, itchy, in pain. The meds aren't working. And she goes, you know, you might have vulvodynia. You know, there's this website you could go, you can pay. You can pay to be on this website and maybe you can get help there. That was it. That was it. Mm. And, and I looked and I like, like I looked at it and it like, it cost quite a bit of money to like join this group that I had no idea like what it was about. If I had it, like I felt so like hopeless. Yeah. Well, that's like, I mean, yeah, I know how you feel. And the thing is about like these conditions, like, yeah, these conditions is that they feel like a death sentence when you hear the word because you're like, am I going to just have this forever? I've never heard of this. Seems so rare. Like, how do you even fix this? Doctors say they don't even have a treatment, like a, a permanent treatment. It's like, it's terrifying. But like, what I think is so important is that like, there are like, I, I mean, I've had so many people on my podcast who have had full recoveries. Like, like there are so many ways that, that you, like there are ways to get better. Um, which is why I'm just now passionate about spreading awareness on these topics. But yeah, it's terrifying when you hear those words, you're like, you know, and not, not to make, like, I always say this, not to make knee pain sound like it's not a bad thing, but it's like, okay, if someone tells you, you have, knee pain like a knee condition or whatever in a scary term that you've never heard of like that's scary but it's your knee but when it's like your private parts that's much it's much more like intimate and personal and if you're like oh no this is going to be broken forever that's like terrifying so um absolutely totally understand yeah yeah and you know what's wild is as you were sharing your story i started to feel pain really Mm -hmm. mm-hmm Yeah. And I actually, I listened to one of your episodes yesterday um, with the guest you had who was Australian. Oh, Lou. Yeah. I had to stop listening to it. Yeah. And I was like a little yeasty in the night. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, it is like talking about trauma and like somatic symptoms is all of the symptoms that I have are, it's just, trauma that's stored in my body, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it, like you said, like, um, mind, body, spirit connection, that's all so important because you can do everything you can to heal the body, but Mm -hmm. I have literally done everything I can to heal my body and even my mind. Right. But trauma doesn't just go away. You have to like, it has to release from the body. And obviously it's, there's still some trauma there. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. No, I know. I actually had that thought when I was, when I was like, I mean, I've had a lot of women share their stories. There was one episode recently that I recorded with someone and it was, I couldn't upload it because I was like, this 
and I know, like, I know that some of these stories, you know, it, it's like a very obviously sensitive and I topic. And I know that people could feel like, like just hearing about it could make you feel certain things. Um, but one episode I recently recorded, it was the first time I was like, I, this just, I can't, people can't hear this. Like it was really graphic. Like it was not appropriate at all. And, and I'm very comfortable with like talking about not appropriate things, but this just pushed the envelope way too far. Mm. Um, but I, I, whenever you're ready to get to get there, but I want to tell you about, I'm not sure if you've heard of Dr. Schubiner. So have you heard of Dr. Schubiner or Nicole Sachs? They are amazing. Like I'm obsessed with the two of them. Nicole Sachs is a therapist. Um, she was on episode 49 of my podcast. I only know that because I tell everyone about her okay. and I'm just like, listen to that episode. Um, she does like, she's all chronic pain stuff, but she basically like, she's amazing. You have to look into it. And like your followers have to, and listeners, like they have to, if any of them are interested in this, look into it. And then I did another episode with this amazing doctor, Dr. Schubiner, but like he has this book called unlearn your pain. He has the documentary, mm-hmm. um, call, I forgot what it's called. I can find out and let you know, but like they do, their work is so interesting. And like, literally they just teach you how to like, think of, think of your pain in a different way. Mm. so basically and he, and in the episode it was so funny we did like a little therapy session in the end and he was like do you feel bladder urgency right now and I was like yes and he was like is it annoying and I was like yes and he was like well can it just can it can it just be there without it being annoying like and he was just telling me all of these strategies oh. I know my mom was she listens to all my episodes but she was like that was the best one you've ever done because like it was so real and like he's so interesting and he just tells you how to think of things in different ways. It's really cool. I, okay. I love, sorry, Jared, I'm not going to let you have any time in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So, so, and, and me saying I couldn't get through the episode has nothing to do no, with I totally your podcast or anything. It's more, it was just such a trigger for me. A hundred percent. But what you just said about him saying, can you look at it as not being annoying? Because every time I feel an itch or I start burning or I'm up for mm. the fourth time in the middle of the night because I have to pee, I'm fucking over Pits. it. Yeah. Like I'm fucking over it. And and I'm, you know, I just went through a breakup. And so now I have to do the whole thing again of like, okay, well, when I meet someone, I have to explain to them, well, I get infections really easy and sometimes I have pain and I have to pee a lot and all this stuff. And it just gets so frustrating I know and so you're right it's like it has to be a mindset of kind of that like it just an awareness of it but Mm -hmm. not having an emotional attachment to it yeah and a hundred percent and another huge piece of it is overcoming the fear because like even if you feel fine you still have fear like you're you always have this fear lingering so Mm -hmm. Nicole's work is all about getting rid of the fear which like she has a course She's a therapist. She doesn't work with like one-on-one anymore, but she has a course. I think it's like $200. I did it last year. Um, And then she also has a podcast and a book and a YouTube channel. But like her whole thing, she literally says fear is the epidemic of chronic pain. And it's just like, if your body's in fear, you're going to have pain no matter what. I am a hundred percent signing up for that course. It's so interesting. I made my hundred percent. Like I literally make it. You made your dad do it? (laughs) 
<laughs> Literally, we did it together last summer. It was like so funny. That is so funny. What mm-hmm. a great dad. Okay, yeah, Jared, you can like, say something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree, right? And so for me, like I've done a lot of like mindfulness training, which, you know, John mm-hmm. Kabat-Zinn started mindfulness and like the mindfulness-based stress mm-hmm. reduction course, like for people with chronic pain, right? To change that relationship to our thoughts and to our, you know, to, to that sort of present, like non-judgmental, non-reactive right. awareness and stuff like that. So I, I think that's, that's incredible. And so one thing I want to, I want to go back and get a detail straight. So when you finally went to the therapist with your mom and your grandmother, or, or sorry, the, the, the specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, so d- the diagnoses that they sort of came up with. So was that all sort of correct? Was that like the turning point that like you started to turn things around or? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So it was correct. But what's actually interesting is that I had actually gone to a different gynecologist prior, a bunch, but one of the prior doctors, gynecologists I went to had given me the same diagnosis and had told me to go to pelvic floor physical therapy. And I was like, I think I had a foot something wrong with my foot. I was like in physical therapy for my foot. And I was just like, that is crazy. I'm not going to more physical therapy. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of this in my life. Like there's no way that's even possible. I just dismissed it. I was like, what? So it took like the second doctor to then say it again. And this was more of her thing for me to finally Mm -hmm. be like, oh, I guess this is a thing that I just don't know about. Um, That was the turning point, 100%. She, but what was interesting also is that, like, I think she definitely got me, once I saw her, I definitely felt a sense of relief that, like, okay, I think I have, I have plans, like, I have steps now that I'm going to take, there's things I'm going to do now, like, I'm going to try and go on this medication, I'm going to start PT, I'm going to start all these things, like, I felt better because I had a plan, but um, after about, like, six to eight months, I was, like, 50% 50% better maybe, or maybe this was even a year, like 50% better, not a hundred percent. And she just wanted to give me more raise, increase my dosage of medication. And to me, I was like, no, like that's not what I want to do. So I actually, my physical therapist had a different doctor who specializes in the same thing, but like is a little bit more holistic and has like just a wider range of like treatments and ideas and options. And she, when I went to her, I was like, Oh my God. Like, I was just like, you are my saving grace. Like she was Mm. amazing. Um, But then like, you know, it's so interesting because I think like I felt comfort for me, at least like I've grown up. I think many people have grown up in just like the mainstream medical model, like alternative medicine. Like I was always interested in like diet and acupuncture and whatever, and like meditation, whatever. But I was like, if I have a physical problem, I need to go to a doctor. But I know so many people who have done like Nicole's program um, and ha- they're well, like one girl on my podcast, she, she was, su- she said she was going to, she was suicidal and she did Nicole's program. And she was li- literally in 28 days, she got a hundred percent better from wow. Vulcan, like severe vulvodynia. So that's not for everyone. Like I know sure. people who are like, I can't do that right now. I'm so, so uncomfortable, but I think it's like different things resonate with different people. But definitely for me, I felt comforted by like having a doctor who, who treated the problem I was having for sure. Can we, let's go into detail about what pelvic PT is, is. and what it entails, because I think, so 
I have a funny story. Um, Did that answer your question though? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. No, it did. Well, and okay. I, I think the one thing I just want to highlight that I, I think is so um, uh, awesome about your journey that other people can really take something from is the fact that like in in medicine, right? Like it's so important to like advocate for yourself. A hundred. Right? That's such a good point. Yeah, thank you. And, and like, I think so A, this happens to everybody, but especially with women and especially there's a lot of research that is like fucking alarming on women of color. Yeah. Um, and describing their pain to yeah. doctors and hospitals and like not being listened to like the infant mortality rate and maternal mortality rate for women of color is like crazy high compared I to, know. you know, like white women and stuff. And so mm-hmm. I just think that's like, I, I think the fact that you, you know, and even just you going into this specialist office with your mom and your grandmother, like mm-hmm. that's like, so that you have a voice there, you know, because yeah. when we're just sitting there and the person is wearing the white coat and they're the expert, it's so easy to just sort of nod along and listen to what they say. But yeah, so so many people have a story like yours where it's so important to say like, no, actually, I, I don't think what this person is saying is right. So I'm going to go find someone that's going to be a better Completely. fit for me. Yeah, Completely. That's such a good point. Yeah. I'm glad you made that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Th- I- Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you're done. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, so I have a, a funny story about learning about what pelvic PT was. So I am in this Facebook group called VFresh Babes. Have you heard of VFresh? It's um is it a product? It is. So it's yeah. actually one of our sponsors. Um and they do like boric acid suppositories, um, a, a supplement for like bladder UTIs and, um, and then like a wash. Um, and so I'm in the group and I had made a post about how I was in pain or something like that. And someone commented, hey, listen, you should really look into pelvic PT. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, I did no research. Okay, well, I have this really cute physical therapist that I see for my, uh, for I have like neck issues. I'm getting surgery soon. Okay, so. (laughs) Your face, yeah. Is it a guy you asked him if he does pelvic floor? (laughs) So, okay, so I'm, I'm like, he's so cute. Like we get along, right? And of course, I mean, he's not like he's married. So like nothing's going to happen. But like, you know, there, you know, when you're like attracted to someone or whatever, I texted him and I said, hey, <laughs> do you do pelvic floor PT? <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. And his answer was his answer was, hey, uh, it's like so professional. He was like, hey, no, sorry, I don't. Um you know, um, and I'm, I don't really know anyone within, you know, who graduated with me, like who does. Think. Well, then, well, then I then actually found out what it, what is. it was and I about died. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you obviously told him that you had no idea? Yes. So then the next time I went in, I was like, I'm or maybe I maybe I texted him like later and was like, oh, my gosh. 
I just, I didn't realize that pelvic PT was actually like internal <laughs> myofascial release. And I'm like, I am so embarrassed. Oh I'm so God. sorry. And he was like super cool about it. And we laughed about it and then like went on. You with, didn't like, know, right? whatever. I didn't know, no. no but like ultimately, you know, so, okay. So now I'm explain. just picturing his reaction. <laughs> He's just like, uh. Is she serious? <laughs> it was gonna be like did he some, think like you were hitting on him possibly? yeah like, maybe thinking. but i was thinking it would be like some like you go in malasana and you breathe and release your pelvic floor or, or just like contracting yeah, and whatever like you know just doing like breathing exercises and helping release i had no idea it was actually manual internal Inter therapy yeah. so anyway um so how about you because you probably could explain so much better what is pelvic pt yeah, so that's that is such a good story. That's, that's literally that's amazing. Oh my god, um, I will never forget that story. <laughs> so, okay, basically, what pelvic floor PT is is so you have pelvic floor muscles. They are like the muscles that control your bladder, your vagina, your rectum, even your stomach muscles. So every time you pee your pelvic floor is working every time you poop your pelvic floor is working when you have sex when you have an orgasm your pelvic floor is working obviously when you give birth that's like a lot of work for your pelvic floor so the muscles contract and release and um basically like any other muscle group if you have something wrong like if you you know it could be caused by stress it could be caused by trauma it could be caused by pregnancy it could be caused by so many things you can get pelvic pain which is when the pelvic floor muscles are like kind of in a spasm just like your mm. neck would be or your back or you know your foot or whatever um and if that happens to your pelvic floor then you can get bladder issues or you can like you know so my physical therapist, I, I mean, any pelvic floor PT treats like bladder urgency because if your muscles are really tight, it could be just like your bladder would be in a spasm or even vaginal pain or constipation. Um, and I know we were, we talked about this before, but I know that you wanted to ask about um, male pelvic pain. Mm -hmm. So even with male men they can have pelvic pain as well but it would just present it could present as rectal pain it could present as different um sexual dysfunction issues different types of pain like testicular pain or um pain with like ejaculation like a lot of different types of of things so basically what they do is they it's internal work and on a it with a woman um, and they use like gloves and lube and put their fingers inside and they like trigger point release the pelvic floor muscles. What's interesting is I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, oh my God, that's insane. That's crazy. Who would do that? Like, are you out of your mind? Everyone's different. Like I understand everyone's, I don't understand, but like I, cause I'm not them, but like I can, I can understand. I can try and understand why people would be so opposed to it. For me, I was like, at the time, I was so uncomfortable and I didn't know what else to do. So I was like, oh my God, I don't care where you put your hands or what you do. If this is going to help me get better, I am 100% down to do it. So like, it, it's, it's, you know, when for me, it wasn't weird at all. And by the way, these people, their business is 
through the roof. Like they have women coming in every 45 minutes and men all five days a week from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Like that's when I realized I'm like, this many people have these issues and there's dozens of these clinics in New York. And, you know, unfortunately they're not as common in smaller cities, but in the big cities, they're common. So Hmm. that's when I was like, this is definitely a big issue. Um, But then what's interesting is there's another therapist named Dan Buglio, who, who I've also had on my podcast, who does a lot of the like chronic pain therapy, fear, um, you know, mind body fear stuff. And he's like, I've talked to so many people who have gone to pelvic floor PT. It's so traumatizing. Their pain gets worse. No, 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 no. So like for me, it was helpful because, because I felt like, like I was so open to it because I was like, Oh, I want to be here. I want their help. I loved the women that I was, that, that were, I loved my physical therapist. Like they just felt like a sis, a big sister to me. And I felt like no one understood what I was going through, but they do this for a living. So I was just like, Oh my God, I'm finally in the right place. And I think that along with what they do or the physical treatment helped, but I also can understand why some people would be opposed to it or it would just make them terrified and that wouldn't be, mm. you know, the thing for them. And one other point I want to make is not all physical therapists are the same. I know a lot of people who have been to pelvic floor PT and, and it hasn't helped or they haven't liked their physical therapist or they're not trained well or they only do external work, which like I don't know how helpful that is. So it's like very case by case, but I would say for me, it was really helpful. And I would just say, find someone that you really like that, like you connect with because it is intimate and um, you obviously want to like the person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, and uh, is, um, I'm, I'm wondering if we kind of have similar uh, sessions, but <clears throat> what my PT will do is she'll, she'll go in and she kind of, she tests, the trigger points for each pelvic muscle. And she says, you know, what's it, how is this feel? How does this feel? And I'll kind of like wince and it'll be really tight. And so she said, okay, well, we're going to release that point. So, but to really like release and let it go, she puts my leg in a different position. So it allows the muscle to relax. And I actually don't feel pain Mm -hmm. when she's pushing on it because like, let's say, you know, just for example, um, so she's pushing on a, point really, really tender when she doesn't move my leg, but let's say she moves my leg. So I'm holding onto my foot and my legs kind of in. So it allows the muscle to just let go. And then she, she holds it with her thumb or whatever finger and she's pushing on it. And it's about a minute to two minutes of her just staying there and I'm breathing and she's talking to me. And then when that minute or two minutes is done, then she I release my leg and then she presses on it. She says, how'd that feel? And it's like not any pain. It's crazy. That's cool. Well, that's why I think it is really helpful for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, that's super interesting for me. What was so weird is like about my situation is like, I never had painful sex. I never had pain, like in physical therapy, nothing hurt, like nothing ever hurt internally which was I think like kind of unique because a lot of people like present with like severe pain Mm -hmm. um mine was just like more of like burny itchy sensations but nothing like really sharp shooting pain so but yeah that was just that was just how it presented for me and I don't think that 
you know, I think the muscles can still have be tight or whatever and just present in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the mechanism of the treatment was, I think, pretty similar for me. Yeah. And I think something you said that's really important is, you know, some, they'll maybe find a PT that they don't like. Um, and we always talk about this too. If you go to therapy and you don't like your therapist, hundred percent, same like thing. Find a new therapist. Yeah. You're not going to make you know? any progress. Like if they yeah. annoy you or you don't like, you don't connect with them, you're just going to be like, why am I here? You're not going to get the result. Right. And I, I pay out of pocket to see my public yeah. PT and it's yeah. expensive, but mm-hmm. I trust her and I feel safe with her, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's really, also, would you, are there men who, are there male pelvic PTs? There's a few that I know of. I okay. would presume that most of their patients are men. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I would never feel comfortable with like, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if there was like, like attraction there. <laughs> <laughs> but what's funny is like, I've been, I used to have a male gynecologist and I was totally fine with that. But pelvic floor is different because like you're there yes. for 45 minutes. It's yes. like a much more extended period of time. So I definitely yes. wouldn't be comfortable with a male. It's very intimate. It's yeah. very intimate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it sounds like the like pelvic PT was a huge step on your journey where things went from like unbearable to like much better. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you described for us another major step was the ending of this particular relationship. Um, so could you, could you dive into that a little bit more? Yeah. A hundred percent. So yeah, so I think I think the reason I mean the reason the pelvic and I said this before, but like the reason the pelvic PT was so helpful is because it was the first thing that like felt comforting to me, and like it, it was the first place that w- that felt like okay, these are people who really understand what I'm going through. I was able to ask them all of the millions of questions I had in 45 minutes. Like I'm just I'm someone who asks every so many questions. So it was, it was like therapy. It was like talk therapy while Mm. pelvic floor therapy, because I was just talking to them about all the possible things that were going on wrong and you know, whatever. But, um, yeah. But so besides that, it was that this horrible relationship that I was in for like three years. And I thought it was like, so madly in love with this person, whatever. And then eventually as I was just getting more sick and more sick and in more pain I was just and the relationship was getting worse and worse and I was like I don't want to be with this person forever like what what am I doing so basically broke up with him and moved home to my parents house like an hour in the suburbs an hour north of the city and was there for a year um and that's when I started working more on my podcast on the Hive, pretty like relatively full-time um and that year I got much better as well because I was just I wasn't in the city I was just like in the suburbs hanging out at my parents house working on my Mm -hmm. podcast like really just took a year to like get myself back together and I really did honestly like my stress levels went down immensely I love New York City. It's amazing. But like, it is definitely a stressful place. Like I was living in Brooklyn in a five floor walk up. I had to take the subway everywhere, school, work, this place, that place. Like it was just a lot, like a lot of moving around, always on the go. It was a lot. So like, I think my body and my mind were just exhausted. And I think like the year I took home was so good. And then 
I got, like, it's funny because then I moved home for a year and I would go back into the city sometimes for like a podcast or to see friends or whatever. And about a year later, I met another guy that I dated for a few months and that didn't end well because it actually, what it didn't end, it ended fine, but I actually got like, I got an infection again. It was like a whole thing that ended. And then I was still home. And then about like a month or no, maybe a few months, like three months later, I met my boyfriend now, but so we've been together for about two years now, but it wasn't until like last summer after a year that I had already been with him when I started doing the cold program that I had mentioned and started like, then I actually got a therapist that I still work with and a psychiatrist and just like, cause I wanted to get off the antidepressants and just, there was like a bunch of things. So I really started mm-hmm. like getting really, really into the like, mental health the fears the traumas the stress everything that we hold in our bodies when we go through things that happen to us in life and I was like oh my god that relationship was the death of me and Mm. like I will just like I just didn't even realize like I just remember when I was in that relationship I went to an acupuncturist and he said to me he was like are you stressed like are you anxious or stressed and I was like no not really Because I never felt like anxiety, like out, like I never got like, like I never was like, oh my God, I'm going to have a panic attack or got anxious or heart racing or like, I was so highly functioning that I was like, I'm fine. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I'm fine. But then I realized I'm like, even though I felt like mentally fine, I was actually, my body was just like not fine. Um, So I just, now I'm just like, oh my God, the relationships that we're in are so important. Like, it's everything yeah. like it literally just controls like our bodies are so smart like they react before our brains do mm-hmm. so yeah and i think like the more that we are not sort of acknowledging and and connected to our pain and fears and stuff like that the more it's all in the body right like if we if we're aware of it and can talk about it and can work with it you know um then it's still, you know, there's still that body connection there, but it's not like all just sort of storing itself up there. And like when you talked about that year with your parents, you know, you were like, oh yeah, I'm not like taking the subway and all the hustle and bustle of the city, but I'm like, yeah, you're also not in like chronically like in anxiety and fear and conflict as a result of a really unhealthy relationship. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, that too, obviously. That was the big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That totally. no, you're right. That was like the main, that was the main culprit. But then I think just being able to like decompress in like a place that was a little bit more peaceful environment Mm -hmm. was probably helpful. But yeah, 100%, the relationship was the biggest factor for sure. And now I just like, oh my God, now the first thing I think if I feel something, I'm like, okay, what's going on? Like I assess like, I assess my life. I assess the situation. I assess like so much. And I, it's still a work in progress. Like I have the awareness, as you said, like I definitely have built the awareness, but I think it's still, it's still hard to like assert yourself when you need to, to like, Mm. there's still a lot of things that I feel like I'm working on just in terms of like every day, like, you know, I like, I'm a people pleaser. I like to make people happy. Like I'm not good at setting boundaries. So all of those things I still have to work on because like those things create stress too. And I, now I'm so aware. I'm like, I don't want to ever fall back into the place that I was, but like, whatever, that's fine. (laughs) One day at a time. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear how 
like the beginning of, so now you're in a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. How was the beginning of that? What was the communication like with your partner about what you had been through, you know, and how to kind of like go about being intimate in this relationship, you know? It's so funny because like, it's so basically, yeah, no, I think that that's a really good point. And I like talking about that because I feel like, I mean, I know that women are so, and men honestly are so, it's like something that, it's something that these pelvic pain issues come with so much shame. Mm -hmm. But like, honestly, I think at least for me, after it had been such a big part of my life and I had talked about it for so long and dealt with it for so long, I was like, not over it, but I was like, I just, it's just, it's just, it just is what it is. As I said, like, it's just like a knee pain. Like, I don't, I know it's, I know it's not the same, but like, to me, I was like, it just is what it is. So, well, also, I mean, I told my boyfriend, like everything, right. First date, like, cause he said to me, he's like, what do you do? And I did, I did, I have my podcast. And at the time it was called the women's pelvic health podcast. Like I recently changed the name to the V I changed the name last year. And so at first it was just pelvic pain. And so obviously the the next question would be, Oh, well, how did that come to be? Right. Let me tell you like life story. So, you know, it came out quickly, like, and my boyfriend's like very like reserved and whatever. And so, but like not, but like is, but I think he, whatever. But I just, to- I just told him like everything. I was like, this is what happened. Like, this is why I have the podcast. I was better. So I was like, I'm fine now, whatever. But there's obviously like been times where I'm like, don't touch me. Like, unless you wash your hands and shower and do all these things, like whatever. Like I definitely have like neurotic moments and stuff, like fearful moments because what I just do. Um, but he was like so fine with it. It didn't even phase him for a second. Like literally, and I think that's what's so important. Like that's what I want to share. That's what my message pretty much is in this answer is that like we have the anxiety about telling a guy or a girl something that seems so fearful to us. But to them, if they're a decent human being and the right person for you, they're not going to be like, they're not going to run for the hills and be like, this person's crazy. Like that's net. That's not going to happen. Like, it was the complete opposite for me. Like he kept on wanting to see me more. Like he, it didn't even phase him. Like he, he didn't care about that. Um, and like, yeah, I'm sure that there's some guys that would react in a terrible way, but like, okay, who can, like then, then move on. You don't want to date those guys anyway, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So it's like kind of actually interesting. Like when you have to tell someone something really personal right off the bat, like to see how they react. I think that that's like always so interesting. And I think that like all the fear just comes from like us holding the fear Mm -hmm. of like, I don't want to tell them, tell this person. But if it, if it was the other way around, if someone told you something that was personal, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't, run away and be like this person's crazy I don't want to see them you would just be like okay if I like them we'll figure it out like whatever so that's what happened and then we did and and then I had him on my podcast um for the 100th episode he came on and I just like asked him a bunch of funny questions and it was oh I love that well and so can you say a little bit more about you know like the some of the things you talked about so that there's times where you're aware of like what's happening with you and your public pelvic health and you, you like so that for him like washing his hands and showering like like what are what are those things that are important for like guys well, to know potentially yeah so like 
look, I think it's a little bit like, I don't want to complicate. It's not the right word. I think that like, you know, for the first year and a half of our relationship, like I didn't get one UTI, one yeast infection, like nothing. I was like, and I genuinely think it's because like, he is just so calm, level-headed, like honest. Like there was just no, there was, I was not worried. I was just content and like happy and everything was easy. And I just think there was no stress. I was felt so good. And then with COVID, I mean, our relationship is still good, but I think COVID just been stressful for me, like whatever. So that I have actually gotten a few UTIs the past few months, which has been annoying. But when that happens, I get more neurotic and I'm like, well, you have to shower. Like I was convinced for a month, like you have to brush your teeth. Like if, you know, like before anything goes on, like you're brushing your teeth. But then I like, I'm friends with a bunch of doctors and they're like, there's, and I was asking them, there's like, they were like, there's no science behind like transmission of bacteria from your mouth. But I was like coming up with, (laughs) I was coming up with all these scenarios in my head. And the reality honestly is that like, I think, I may have, I think, okay, it's probably important to like wash your hands and whatever. Mm-hmm. But like for the first year and a half that we were dating, like I didn't say, I wasn't neurotic about that really at all. And I was fine. So I'm like, now I think I'm just more stressed and my immune system's probably not as strong and my body's a little bit more sensitive. And like, if it makes me feel better to like have him do certain things to reduce the amount of bacteria that comes in contact when we're having sex, like fine. But for me, it's like, I also have to be aware that like, I am stressed, like, what can I do about the stress and the anxieties and the like, you know, the mind body stuff that I need to like also figure out because like, that's not, that's not the full answer to something. But yeah, like I had a urologist on my podcast last week who was like, or a few weeks ago, who was like, yeah, like, if you're having sex, the guy should, you know use he was like use shower as foreplay and like do all the use a shower and like make sure you're washed and whatever and I think those things can be helpful mm-hmm. but I think that like there's other things you can do like you don't have to be worried that every time you have sex the rest of your relationship like you both have to shower like if you're per- if your body's particularly sensitive like sure take all the precautionary measure- measures but like don't freak out that that's like a forever thing you know what I mean mm-hmm. yes I love that answer. And it, okay. it's so funny, like, um, even you being like, don't touch me until you wash your hands or you take a shower. I'm literally that way so much. And it's just so nice. Like, you have no idea how comforting this conversation is for okay, me. Um, and I have to, you know, my last boyfriend was really fantastic and empathetic in this area. Um I mean, to the point where he was like, hey, babe, did you do your hydrogen peroxide douching yet? (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, and like, by the way, uh, don't don't just go and do that. Do your research on it. But I had had a chronic yeast infection for months that was not going away. And someone suggested it on a Facebook group that I do. I do a week of uh, yeast infection cream. And then I do, um, 10 days of hydrogen peroxide water, um, douching twice a day, and then follow that with boric acid. Um, I didn't do all of those steps all the way, but it, it did actually really help my, my thing to add to that is something that has really helped me for infections is also using a probiotic in internally. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's because when you're using a lot of like infection cream or boric acid, the good probiotic is going away as well, right? Mm-hmm. Which is important. Yeah. You should be take you should be orally taking a probiotic, but you can also internally yeah. stick a probiotic up there. And whenever I have any kind of yeast symptoms or like a little bit of like a smell or something, I'll just stick one up there and that usually goes away within a day. Um good. so but anyway, what I was gonna say is um I love what you said about if this is what you need to make you feel safe and comfortable, then absolutely ask your partner to do those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like for me, I, I am very sensitive right now. My immune system is down. Like you said, I'm super stressed out with everything going on. I think that's why I got like a small yeast infection. And if I met a partner 100%, I would not be okay with him sticking himself and me without taking a shower first. Of course, I would use protection until we figured other things out. But like even fingers, mouth, I'm really not comfortable with oral sex because I feel like sometimes that throws me off. And, you know, I would hope that in the future, like you said, I won't have to worry about this. But right now it's at the forefront of my mind. And so I need to find a partner who understands that and who's going to be there for me. A hundred percent. And they will like the right person will. It's not even, it won't even be a question. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also like <sighs> guys, like you think that they care, like they don't care. Like if they have to wash their hands, like right, they'll wash their hands. Like it's not. A yeah. Thing. Yeah. But yeah. The, the amount of lengths that men go to, to get laid, like <laughs> washing your hands is like the smallest <laughs> one. They're like, that's it. What? Just wash my hands. Exactly. Like, yeah. brush my teeth, surely, like, whatever. You could, you could, yeah, you, you could say to a guy who's really into you, like, I need you to stick your hands in boiling water. And they would be like, okay, when do I do it? <laughs> no, there's been times, like, even my boyfriend's, like, lazy. And, like, like sometimes when I'm just, like, having a particularly anxious moment, like, I can have sex, but, like, I'm just, like, take up the precautions. This isn't all the time, but it's sometimes, like, whatever. And, I'm, and I catch myself, I, like, feel annoying. And I'm, like, have I lost my mind? Like, he's so lucky. This is so stupid. Like, (laughs) (laughs) he gets to have sex with me. The least he can do is wash his dick. I'm like, I feel annoying. Like, no, I'm not annoying. Like, we're not annoying. It's fine. Like, and as I said, these aren't permanent things. It's just like, if you feel like you need to take certain measures in in a given instance, like, okay, whatever. Don't be well, and like, and, 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 and that exists for both people, right? Like both men and women and, or, or even like, you know, you know, non-binary relationships yeah. or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. Like you should be like, Hey, I want to be intimate with you. You know, like, could you do this? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's right. okay to have it's needs okay. in that way and advocate for those for sure. I honestly yeah. think if anything, it makes you, it just makes it's just you you have more self-respect and and you, your partner will notice that. They'll be like, okay, like she just says what's important to her or he says what's important to him. And like, I think that people actually respect it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, you went on your Instagram and asked your followers if they <laughs> wanted to ask you any questions on this podcast. So let's go through those. Um okay. So the first question is, where do you see yourself in five years? Okay, so 
Well, I so as I said in the beginning, I'm going to become a therapist, which I am super excited about. It will take me four years. Um, but yeah, I really like, I want to be a therapist. I want to have my own practice and like really help men and women with, you know, like sexual health, intimate health issues. Um, and then hopefully also have the podcast and the podcast will grow. And yeah, I think that's where I see myself. I love that. Thank you. Okay. What is your morning routine? Well, I, I will say that, so basically I just urge everyone if they're interested in this topic to look into Cole Sachs's work. And there's another, this, you guys, I think would find this super interesting, but there's um, another therapist who his name's Alan Gordon and he does the same kind of work as Nicole. And he has a, he's the head of this center in Los Angeles. It's called the pain psychology center. He started a podcast called tell me about your pain. It's amazing. Like it's mm. so interesting, but anyways, morning routine. So, well, so, okay. So I urge everyone to go look, I would look into his podcast and look into Nicole Sachs, but basically Nicole, what she teaches in her program. And like, also there's free, like she has free resources. She has a podcast called the cure for chronic pain start from the first episode and she just like shares everything. And I'm obviously happy to tell you more about it. Like after this, whatever, but she has this thing called journal speak. So basically Mm. 20 minutes, it could be any time of day. I believe she recommends doing it in the morning. I like to do it in the morning just because get it over with. So it's 20 minutes of journal speak followed by 10 minutes of meditation. The journal speak is like a a term that she coined. That's basically 20 minutes of journaling on your computer but it's not like happy journal. I mean, it can be happy, but it's basically like a rage on the page. Like all of the things that you feel or think that you can't say in public, that you wouldn't say to your partner or your parent or even your therapist. Like, and her example that she gives is like my, she says my first word of journal speak. And she, she is so passionate about this because she overcame chronic back pain. Like she was told she would need spinal fusion surgery, would never be able to have kids, would never be able to exercise, nothing. And she did this work and was is 100% fine, had three babies, bikes like 20 miles a day, never had surgery, whatever. So she has this amazing story. But anyways, she said her first line of journal speak was, I hate being a mother. Mm. The premise of it is like, she doesn't actually hate being a mother. Like, she says that the things you journal speak are just the it's a feeling you feel in the moment. But once you journal speak it, it goes away. Like the emotion that you're carrying, like based on that feeling goes away because you just like released it or maybe it will significantly reduce the toll that it's having on your body. So like, I'm angry. I hate my boyfriend. I hate COVID. I hate whatever. I feel this. I'm mad at myself. I'm mad. you know, whatever you want to say, like, the crazy things that you wouldn't say to anyone, you write it all in journal speak. And like, not every day you're going to have like angry things. Some days you might just not know what to say. Some days you might have nothing to say. Some days, you know, you might have good things like whatever. But anyways, it's 20 minutes. You write it on a word or pages or whatever you write on a document. And after you're done, you delete the document and it's gone forever. Like it's not in a, it can be handwritten, but like the, you really want to delete it. You don't want to ever have to worry about anyone seeing it. So a good way to do it is just to delete the document forever. Mm-hmm. So you do that. I've been like, I did it a year ago. As I said, I was really doing it every day for like four months. I stopped. And now I've been doing it again for like the past few weeks, really 
trying really religiously and I dread it. And that's the other part is like, it's not something you look forward to. It's like, I really don't want to do this, but I felt really good when I was doing it. So I'm like, I have to do it again. So it's that followed by like a 10 minute meditation. Um, Sometimes I'll do 10 minutes. Sometimes I really like Joe Dispenza's meditation. So those are longer. So sometimes I'll do like 20 minutes, but you, I mean, honestly, even if you could do five minutes, like whatever you can do, but I'd really been doing that in the morning and that's pretty much it. Then I just will have tea or coffee, work out if I want work and that's it. Yeah. That sounds like a great, it sounds like a great way to start the day. It's good. Sometimes I don't do this journal stuff in the morning, but like if I do it in the morning, I just feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the last question was, what's the number one piece of advice that you would give to someone with chronic pelvic pain? Um, huh. Number one piece of advice. I would probably say, I mean, I know this is cliche, but like, don't give up, obviously. And like, try everything and Oh, and don't ask too many people their opinion because I see Mm. so many people who go to like 500 doctors and 500 therapists and text a million people what what they did and what worked for them. And I just think that like less is more, like just find the few people that you like, you know, and just like stick with it. And like if you're not, you know, getting better or whatever, like you could try other things, but just I just see so many people who just – have been to every single doctor and they're so desperate and like, I get it. Like pain will make you desperate, but I would try this, like these, this mind body stuff, whether it's Nicole or Dr. Schubiner or like Dr. John Sarno was like the pioneer of all of this, but there are so many, you know, this stuff is like real. It really does work. And it's really hard. I feel like for a lot of people to start it and to like believe in it, but I think it's like the most important part uh, or one of the most important parts. So, you know, I think sometimes you need to like push yourself to do things that are uncomfortable, but they could actually really help you in the long run. Mm, I love that. Awesome. It was amazing. Yes. I love, I like this because this is a topic that not a lot of people talk about. And like, even, you know, even our listeners who are listening to this and they have never experienced pelvic pain or you know, or maybe they're a male listener and they had no idea. Like it's really good to have to know this because they may have four women in their lives that have never said anything about it, but are going through it. Yeah. You know? And it's like, it's a way that you, you can at least, you don't maybe you don't have to have the answers, but you can at least be empathetic towards that person Mm -hmm. and be there for them and be like, Hey, how are you feeling today? You know? Um, So anyway, where can our listeners find you? They can they can listen to the VHive if they want on where, wherever they listen to their podcasts. Um, and then they can follow the VHive on Instagram at the VHive. And if you want to email me, you can send an email to Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H at the VHive.com. I think that's Love it. it. Thank you for Yay. having me. And Thank you so much for being you. on. I can't wait to have you on my show. Are you both going to come on? No, I <laughs> you can. You both can. Well, thank you. Thanks You're for welcome. the invite. If you change your mind, let me know. <laughs> He'll just be there for emotional support. Sure. Okay. <laughs> well, Hannah, thank you so much. Thank you. I hope that everyone found this interesting. And um, 
Yeah, I would de- those two podcasts, Nicole's podcast and Tell Me About Your Pain. Those are super, super interesting. So if anyone like wants to learn more, check check that out. And Perfect. yeah, thank you. Have All right, a good guys, weekend. go find them. Okay, thank you. bye. Holy shit, man. What an interview. I know. <laughs> Hannah, you're so amazing. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable. And I'm just, I'm so glad that we connected. Yeah, it was fun. It was so fun and so cool. And um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Make sure make sure you guys go follow her on Instagram at the VHive and go, yes. check, out, go check out and download all of her episodes, um, the VHive. Yes. And, and also, yeah. And, and show her the like, hello and goodbye love. Like hit yeah. it. We love it when you hit up our guests and are like, yes, on hello and goodbye. Yes. When you Sorry. post stories that of our episodes that have guests in them, make sure to tag our guests too. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about what we're grateful for. Jared, you go first. Okay. I have two things. Cause I, one, cause I forgot to say it during our Super Bowl conversation earlier. So, um, oh, what was the name of the woman who's the poet who was at the Oh, Amanda Gorman. Yeah. So they had Amanda Gorman. That was fucking awesome. And then even like through the game, like the commentators, like, me- like we're sort of mentioning things about like at some point, like I think the Capitol riots came up and they mm. were like, yeah, like, you know, like spreading light, like people who believed these lies about the election being fraudulent, like blah, blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God, like, thank God that even in like football and this very like mainstream Americana media that like, and people that are so deep in that shit probably are just going to be like, oh, F them, like they don't know what they're talking about. But it's like, now that it's so mainstream, like we need everybody being like, QAnon is crazy. This was treason against the United States of America, you know, like all the things anyway. So mm-hmm. I was grateful for that. The other thing I'm really grateful for is, um, uh, I've like dived back into some music that I, that like used to be like my shit mm. that I haven't heard in a while. So what, like, is, what is this music? Well, I've been speaking of me turning 40. I think one of the things I might do on Instagram is start posting, um, I was thinking for the past couple of weeks of all the albums throughout my life that I like listened to the whole thing. Oh, oh, that's cool. I you love like, that. What are the albums like from the time like, I was like a little multiple kid. times? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, you, like, like every yes. song is good. Like just yes. all time albums. Right? Yes. And so the one I was listening to recently was the college dropout, which is Kanye West's first album, which mm. came out right after I graduated college and like had no idea what I was doing with my life. So like 1975? Yes. No, 2004, (laughs) you jerk. 2003 to 2004. And and it's like, it's amazing to go back and listen to it because he was so like sincere and vulnerable and like soulful and like conscious as a rapper. Like we had never heard anything like Mm. that. And it's so weird to think of like what he became, mm. but he's he's a musical genius. Like there's still songs that you go back and hear and you're like, oh my God, like no one makes songs that sound like this. Like mm. it's it's incredible. Um I love that. Yeah, so so I'm grateful for music. Aww. What about you? Um, I am grateful for our listeners. Oh, I yeah. I get DMs every week um of you guys commenting on the episodes or like even like I had a couple listeners just 
really long DMs about how much they love us and how like much like we mean to them and the podcast means to them. And, um, you know, we've been asking you guys to like review for us and you guys have been doing it. And I just, we wouldn't be here without you guys. Like if Mm -hmm. we didn't have any listeners, we would just be two people talking to ourselves, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, which we would probably still do for the record. (laughs) Probably my, my goal for this podcast is for it to get big. And that is my, my, that is my long-term goal. And right now we're just finding little wins along the way of sponsors and guests and uh, ratings and reviews and um, some monetization with some of the sponsors. And, you know, we're just finding ways to like make it as the, you know, this is now a year, right? We're been doing this for a year. It's our anniversary. And um, it's just exciting to think about like in another year, like what is this going to look like? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. What episode number is this? Fifty? Oh, uh, is it? I don't know. I'm gonna look right now. Oh my gosh! It's episode fifty. Wow! How about that? Hey, look at us! <laughs> so episode fifty is our one year anniversary uh, episode because we did take a couple weeks off, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, if you guys weren't like, you don't understand like the DMs that we get, like they make my week, like mm-hmm. they make my week. Like it, it just, it, it m- reminds me of like why I'm putting in so much work and money into this and trying to get this going. And it's all because of you guys. Yeah. So thank you. Well, and, it's, and I think it's like extra special when, because we're trying to do a kind of show where we're vulnerable and real and we're talking about like real shit in our lives, you know, and it's, you know, it's not like we're talking about like, you know, television or whatever, you know? Um, and so it means the world, you know, and even just, you said, like, like you said earlier, uh, you know, you, you know, broke down crying during last week's episode because you were going through a really tough time and you shared that, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and then, to have people sort of reach out to you and give you that support, you know, because they appreciated that you shared so vulnerably is like, that's a big deal. And like, see, like that's to me, like my goal for the podcast is that by sort of continuing to make this content and talk to other people who believe the things that we believe, like about kindness and vulnerability and love and all of these things, um, that like the world's going to be a better place. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And we'll just be one tiny part in that. Exactly. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, we love you. This is a big love fest episode. Yeah. Perfect for Valentine's perfect day. For Valentine's day. Um, make sure to follow us on Instagram because we're going to have some new photos coming out, some new marketing stuff. Um, and yeah, I'm just always trying to make it better. So follow us on Instagram at Hello and Goodbye Podcast, at underscore Leanna Joan, at The Real Jared Rodriguez, Twitter at Hello underscore by underscore pod. We do have a Facebook group, the H&G Hive. Um, if you want to join, join. Right, We just need more people to join it. So go join our Facebook group, yeah. the H&G if, Hive. If any listener knows how to set up a Discord server, like hit me up. What's a Discord server? 
I don't know. I know. I, I can, you can't, I'll, I'll explain it next episode. Okay. But, all right. Well, but I think it might be something cool. Okay. And then honestly, like everything, all of our sponsors, our social media, our episodes, our YouTube channel, it's all on our website, www.hellongoodbyepodcast.com. We love you and happy one year anniversary. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.